Hello and welcome to True North EV. We're here today with KJ from Quebec and she's going to tell us about her experiences with an EV. Hope you guys enjoy. Hello and welcome to True North EV, KJ. How are you today? I'm doing great. Yourself? Not too bad. Uh, we'll get started. Uh, what was the first electric vehicle you wanted and why? Um, well... The first electric vehicle I wanted was the vehicle I ended up getting, uh, which is the e-Golf. The reason I wanted it is that I've always liked the Golf, and the electric version drives like a Golf, looks like a Golf, feels like a Golf, but doesn't use any gas. So fit the bill for me. Awesome. And so what kind of range are you getting in it, summer versus winter? So I actually just got it this winter. I got it in December. Okay. I haven't had it for a summer yet. Its range is supposed to be about 200 kilometers. I would say winter, depending on how severe we're talking, I've been getting between 150 and 180 kilometers. So holding up pretty well for winter conditions. Okay. And, and just so uh, others are aware, where are you located? Or I'm province? Montreal. In Montreal. Okay. Yeah, he definitely so. has. My first week getting it was minus 20 icy conditions and it handled great awesome and so were you a volkswagen person before or you used to drive the golfs and that's why you wanted more of that style or why did you choose so I've oh you said you liked the volkswagen before uh it was on my list my previous car before this one was a subaru impreza um, but it was up against the golf on my short list that time around. Um, and then my husband got the GTI, which is uh, in the golf line two years before yeah. I got my e-golf. So we've kind of been trending towards the Volkswagen family. I just like how they drive. I like the build. Awesome. And, and so why did you even want to go electric? For the type of driving I do, I live in the suburbs of Montreal. I work six kilometers from my house. My whole family, my in-laws are all within 20 kilometers of me. It's rare that I'm going on long commutes. It just did not make any sense to me to still be paying for gas, using gas, burning fossil fuels. It pained me every time I had to fill up at the pump thinking, well, this could be so much better for the environment. Why am I still using these fossil fuels? So I just kind of started doing research on electric vehicles and said, well, I'm the perfect candidate for this type of driving. Yeah. Awesome. So it was more, were you into environmental stuff before? And so that's also sort of why, or... Yeah. I'm a pretty environmentally conscious person. I mean, I use my beeswax wraps instead of my plastic cellophane yeah. wraps. And, you know, I've been looking for ways to kind of reduce in general. And this was the next logical step. Awesome. And did you find you had to change much of your driving uh, habits that you got from gas vehicles to the Volkswagen or pretty much the same driving? Pretty much the same. I mean, way less than I thought. I was mentally prepared for a little bit of a learning curve. Um, yeah. you know, especially range anxiety and all of that. So uh, I'm lucky we own a home with a two-car garage. We installed the charger in the garage. So especially for wintertime charging, um, I come home, I plug my car in at night. It's like I come home and plug my cell phone in at night. It's yeah. 
so much easier than driving around and having to find a gas station. It and, it, and I guess in Montreal, with your gas vehicles, you were plugging in pretty much any every night in the winter anyways, right? Uh, or no, in a garage. Because we park in a garage, we, I've only ever owned one vehicle with a block heater. Um, I was never really plugging in anyways. Um, okay. But when it's minus 20 out, to drive out of your way, to go find a gas station, to get out in the cold, it just made no sense it's so much easier to get home and plug my car in and go straight into my warm house yeah so what is probably the longest trip you've uh taken in your gulf um we haven't done any really long trips actually pretty shortly after getting the car um we we went on vacation came home and we had to pick the dogs up from their various pet sitters we have two dogs in each yeah. different pet sitter so it was about 70 kilometers round trip. And I had forgotten to plug my car in before leaving. Well, I consciously didn't want to leave the car plugged in for a week while I was away. But I had left it kind of more empty than I remembered. And I only had a hundred <laughs> kilometer range in my garage. And then we got out and it's snowy and it's blowing. And we're talking about 70 kilometers on the highway. Um, that, that was my range anxiety. We were like turning the heat off, letting the windows fog up, <laughs> the windows down. 13 kilometers to spare, but that was like probably just a month into owning the car. That, that was the only true experience of range anxiety. Um, but once you beat that, now I go down to like 20 kilometer range, no problem. Although it's pretty rare because like I said, I don't take long trips if I do. Yeah. If I do 70 kilometers in a day, it's pretty exceptional. So as long as I stay topped up, it's no problem at all. Now, does the eGolf have any sort of uh, phone apps or uh, where you can program that you're like a departure time? So it charges up until so, that time or warms up uh, beforehand? That was a big downside when I was comparing it. I did shop around. I kind of knew I wanted the eGolf, but I compared it to the Ionic and the Leaf. Um, yeah. And at first I was really upset about not having a phone app, but as I realized how I use my car, it actually doesn't come into play for me. So as far as the departure time, um, I can set that directly in the car. So I just have to remember yeah. to do that when I'm leaving the car um, and it will preheat and I can choose it to either charge or just preheat to whatever yeah. temperature I want um, or both. So I use that intermittently. Um, but I also don't have, I have set rate, um, electricity bills, so it doesn't yeah. matter what time I charge it. I can set that all within the car or I use the charge point charger. So I have the app for that, that I can set. Um, I haven't used it. Honestly, I plug the car in, I forget about it. I unplug it. It takes two seconds to heat up even in minus 20. So even if yeah. it's not heated for me, like I thought I was going to care about not having an app. I really don't. The only thing is sometimes it would be nice, like in my situation of forgetting how much charge I had in the car, being able to log into an app and check what my battery range is. Yeah. Be nice. um, but I don't really miss the app one way or another. And is there like, what was the biggest downside from switching from a gas to an electric or to the e-golf for you? I, I really can't think of a downside. 
it's honestly it fits my lifestyle and I think I did the research before so I knew what I was getting into but there there really hasn't been a downside we do still have one um, combustion engine vehicle in the family so when it comes to taking a long road trip we will still use that if we want to drive Montreal to Toronto Montreal to New York City things like that we yep. probably will still use that rather than relying on fast charging um, but I mean that's even you know what that's maybe twice a year um, we haven't been there yet. Certainly not these days. No one's traveling anyways. So um, I, there has not been a single downside. I love everything about having an electric vehicle. I love the car. It drives great. It's been zero negative adjustment for me. No, like I know with my Kona, getting into the Kona, it was the, the panels. You're spending 55 grand on a vehicle and the panels are very plasticky and all that. No downsides like that to the e-golf no so that was one of the best things and that's really what sold me on the e-golf is the finishings on it are the same as the model r golf okay Um, automatically the higher end golf i did splurge for the digital display and all of the tech with the adaptive cruise control and all of that okay um and it's so it's the same as driving any other car in the golf line. The finishings are really, really nice. And that's why I specifically cho- chose the golf over some of the other EVs out there, because I found it kept up the standard finishings that you like and just yeah. happens to have an electric engine instead of yeah. an engine. Nice. And what would you say is probably the best feature of the golf? Um. I mean, the best feature is the tech package for sure. The adaptive cruise control, the lane guidance is really, really nice. So it's just, it's a really techie car to drive. Your digital dashboard has your integrated GPS. I can plug my phone in and it'll show me Google Maps or Waze or whatever I want. Yeah. Um, it's just, you drive it and you just feel like you're driving a 2020 car. It, it feels like it's up with the tech and... It, it just works and does what you want. Um, actually, the other really good thing with the Eagle from an electric standpoint is the regenerative braking. Um, it has four modes. So it has full regenerative and then it has like a one, two, three in between. Yeah. Um, and so really for your style of driving, you can adjust it. And for me, the full regenerative, I used to always drive manual cars feels like you're driving manual and yes like compression it's so natural feeling um, and that was a big difference when i was comparing it test driving other cars is i it happens to be regenerating but i just feel like i'm driving my old manual cars and can you come to a complete stop without touching the brake pedal or do you still touch if, the brake pedal if the road is flat i would um usually i end up braking anyways because to let it come to a complete stop you're taking a bit of a longer stop i'm maybe a bit more of an aggressive driver i'm going to put the brakes on and and stop it a bit sooner yeah um but you could you could come to a complete stop and as you're braking it continues to regenerate anyway so you're not losing anything that way yeah just because i know like with the kona uh and i believe the bolt they have a paddle behind the steering wheel is essentially acts as an extra brake even on full regen does the golf have a similar thing or it's the brake pedal 
acts as the regen type deal also. The, the brake pedal acts as the regen. So even if you're on normal drive with no regeneration, so you take your foot off the gas and it's just coasting as a normal car would. Yeah. As soon as you brake by applying to the brake pedal, it's going to go into regeneration. And you okay. flip that with the pressure on the brakes. It's very natural driving. My husband drives yeah. my car and he keeps it in full drive mode. When I drive, I'm in the full regenerative mode. I've tried the three in between levels that I'm sure other people would be more comfortable with. It it really gives you options for your driving system. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And what would you say is the worst part about uh, the e-golf in the winter? Um, I mean, I haven't been too upset with how the range goes down. The heating is, it's got the automatic eco mode, so it senses if you have a passenger or not and will automatically turn the heat oh, okay. outside. Um, it has the um, electric defogging for the front and back windows and the side mirrors, so you're really not using a lot of battery to defog or anything. Honestly, having only driven it in winter, I haven't seen any downsides. I don't find it really has any issues. It starts, it doesn't lose a lot of battery power when I have parked it outside. You know, I go dinner and a movie it sits out at minus 20 and it's maybe lost three or four kilometers range. It, yeah. It's been totally fine. I, I really don't feel any downsides with it at all. Awesome. And I guess then on the flip side, what's the best part about having it in the winter? The, how quickly it heats up. I mean, the, the, the climate control is just, you know, you're not waiting for an engine to heat up. It's just, yeah. You turn it on, you turn the seat warmer on, you turn the warm air blower on, and it's just, it's there, you're warm, which is why, as I mentioned, I never precondition to a yeah. certain temperature, because honestly, it heats up so quickly, I don't even care. And it has the heated seats and heated steering wheel, correct? It does not have the heated steering wheel. Okay. Um, yeah, the steering wheel is like faux leather wrapped. It doesn't get especially yeah. cold like plastic wood. Um I thought I'd missed that. I've never actually had a heated steering wheel in my life anyways. I mean, I don't know. I wear gloves. I don't especially care. <laughs> See, maybe it's the way I drive. I even I'm from Winnipeg, here in Winnipeg. So even when the windshield was minus forty, I just wear a hoodie, turn on the heated seats, heated steering wheel. We're good to go. But... Yeah, so I mean for a while I was heating the car less than I would have with my previous cars and trying to, you know, conserve battery. But as I said, with my driving patterns, it's yep. never been an issue. So as winter wore on, you know, I was cranking the heat up, blowing it, cranking up the seat, like who cares? I'm just going to charge my car when I get home. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? We're lucky. Electricity is very cheap in Quebec and electricity is green in Quebec. So I don't feel bad about that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh... And what has your experience been with the dealerships with uh, either buying or servicing? I know Quebec's a lot more EV friendly than a lot of other places, but. It has and... been EV friendly. It was really hard to get a test drive. Um, that's for sure is the first time I tried to book a test drive. They told me they had an e-golf in stock and then they didn't. Um, and I showed up and there was no car for me to test drive. So it was kind of weird. Um, but once I kind of got over that and got to actually test drive properly and everything, they know 
they know about as much as their electric lineup as they do about the rest of the cars, right? Because you can research okay. everything online anyways. So, you know, they're a- answering a couple questions here and there. The biggest thing in the buying experience is because the cars are so high in demand and low in stock, um, there's not much negotiating happening. Um, I ordered my car in June. I got it in December for the 2020. I got the first 2020 delivered to the Montreal area. Wow. I had ordered it so far in advance. So that's what I wanted. Um, but there was no negotiating happening there. Yeah. They showed me a couple of the bells and whistles when I picked the car up, but it's kind of been, you know, me figuring it out and going online on forums and and reading up about the car myself. I haven't had to service it yet. I haven't had it long enough, um, but they did assure me that they have uh, EV certified people at the dealership there. So I think I'll be limited in where I can go to get servicing done. I'll stick with the dealership with their certified people to get, make sure my warranty stays in place. But yeah, it's been, it's pretty easy. There's tons of charging stations around where I live. I really haven't used them because I just charge at home. <laughs> but it's, yeah. it's a pretty good network in my area. Awesome. And are you the first one kind of in your work or friend group or whatever that has received an EV? Yeah, I'm the first one who got a full EV. I have a few friends with hybrids. Uh, no plug-in hybrids, though. So I'm the first person in my group of friends, colleagues, family uh, with an actual plug-in car. We have one friend of the family who got a Tesla a couple years ago um, that he drives, I don't know, twice a year in the summer when weather is absolutely perfect and otherwise it's in his garage. So <laughs> not a full EV embrace there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I'm kind of the first person and it, it, I have to say it's been pretty fun to talk about where everyone looks at it and, you know, they ask all the questions about the range and the battery and how does it do in winter and, it's been kind of fun to be a little groundbreaking there. Nice. And are you feeling that, uh, have you sort of converted anybody to maybe look at their next vehicle being an EV because of that then? I, I don't say, I don't have any confirmed conversions, but yeah. we've definitely gotten the discussion going for people thinking about it. Um, we've discussed with my husband, maybe his next car could be, a plug-in hybrid so that we still have the option for longer road trips and that yeah that would be a good option i'm trying to push my parents to get their next car to be an ev or a plug-in hybrid so I- i'm planting the seeds there i think it'll be a, <laughs> it'll have to be a few more years to get full vehicle turnover to see who lives yeah me. yeah and that's the thing vehicles we we usually keep vehicles for a few years before switching over um yeah. My my car was four years old. I, I kind of felt bad switching over with such a young car because I did own it outright. Um, yeah. But the timing was just right with the government subsidies. Um, and I actually got a really good trade in with my car. And like I said before, I just couldn't keep filling up with gas. It just pained me every time. So it ended up being a good financial decision for me. But not everyone is going to trade in a perfect yeah good four-year-old car just to go all electric yeah um any interesting uh stories that you would like to share with others i i about- have to say it's it's kind of fun getting the shock value um, i did i took my car for a car wash and um as the the car wash guys are pulling it out you kind of see pe- 
people realize that your car's not making any noise as it drives and especially because mine just looks like a regular golf people won't notice right away they go oh my gosh that's electric oh and then they start asking you all the questions Uh, so it's kind of fun seeing people realize it Um, I've been on the other end of the silent car of I'm still navigating how to politely let people know that I'm behind them when my car is not making enough noise to alert them going through shopping center parking lots and stuff um, they just turn around and all of a sudden look shocked because they had no clue that there was a car behind them Um, so that's it's seeing people's reaction when they realize that your car is an electric vehicle it's I think it's still a bit of a novelty Um, you know if you're not driving a Tesla is something that's really recognizable as electric people are still kind of surprised to see them on the road because your plug-in on the e-golf is on the front grill, correct? No, it's actually it's on the rear passenger side. It looks like a gas cap. Okay, so it's where the normal f- filler cap would be yep, on the yep. Volkswagen. Okay. Um, so I guess you're just backing into everything. Um, I just well, think you're normal driving. I, because I mostly charge at home, we just installed the charger to fit with how I usually park. Um, okay. So I just leave a little bit of space between my car and the wall of the garage, squeeze in there, plug it in, um, and it's nothing. Okay. Um, now, with the e-golf, because you got a 2020, like I know my Kona makes like a little spaceship-y noise to kind of warn the pedestrians, but it is quiet. Does the golf make any sort of? does so going below 40 kilometers an hour, it makes, it's like a little whirring noise. It's I would say it's quieter than an idling engine. Yeah. So it's not easy to notice, especially, I mean, if you've got headphones on, if you're wearing a heavy toque or anything, I people haven't noticed me driving if I'm close to them. They, they haven't seemed to notice it. And when I'm standing outside my car with it driving, I... It's quiet. I know it's there, but it's yeah. not very noticeable. No, well, that's good. Um, and are you a part of any sort of electric uh, groups in Montreal or? Not in Montreal. I mean, I'm on the EV Canada Facebook group, which is I joined it when I was starting the research before getting yeah. the car. Um, but I'm not really part of any local groups. I've I've never really been a car club type of person, so <laughs> it's any difference for an EV for me. Yeah. Um you might want to check it out just because I know I'm a part of the Manitoba Electric Vehicle Association and it is more environmental side of it than car side. Where that was sort of actually the disappointing I had because I was a car person before this so but might be something worth checking out um but if anybody does have any questions about the ego for whatever um is there any sort of online presence other than would it be best to reach out to you on the electric vehicle owners group of Canada or yeah, is there another find me on the the EV Canada group on Facebook I'd be more than happy to answer questions um it's honestly the best resource I found um other than just researching each car individually yeah um just finding any resource to speak to owners of the cars is is the best thing awesome well, is there any other 
things you'd like to share with others that uh, might be considering an ego for in the colder weather? I would say just just try it. Whatever you've heard about the downsides are probably way overblown from what I've experienced. Um, Like, be aware of your range. Um, You know, track your regular trips, plot them out on Google and see how many kilometers you do in a regular day. Uh, Double it. And if that's the vehicle's range, you're going to be completely fine, Um, especially if you're able to have a charging spot at home. Um, yeah. If you can plug it in every night because you you own your home, you're able to get a, a plug-in spot every night. If you have double your daily commute, you are more than fine. Um, and I did actually look a little bit at the finances of, let's say you are a one-car family, so you're not going to have your backup combustion engine for longer trips. Just rent a car. Like, how often do you actually do a road trip? Rent a car yeah. when you need that long road trip it's still going to be less expensive than maintaining a combustion engine. Um, That's the other big thing actually um, is going full EV. Basically you're getting your car inspected once a year. There's no oil changes or other major maintenance to do. So you're down to once a year maintenance instead of twice a year, you're not paying for oil changes. And that's a huge advantage that I see over hybrid cars in that if you have a plug-in hybrid, you're now maintaining two engines. So you're not getting those budget savings on your maintenance and don't discount that. So I personally would recommend for everyone to get an EV that covers their day-to-day range. And on the odd times, a couple of times a year, they need something with a longer range, rent a car, you will come out financially ahead guaranteed. Awesome. Well, again, I thank you so much for your time. Uh, this was was awesome talking to somebody with an e-golf. Uh, I have yet to actually actually talk to anybody with an actual e-golf other than the dealerships. So, it's a lot of fun. So Awesome. And thank you so much for your time. Oh, thank you. Have, uh, have a great day. You as well. I want to thank KJ again for all the info and the time that uh, she gave us. And if you guys do have any questions or comments, you can email me at truenorthev at gmail.com. You could reach out to me on Facebook and Twitter at truenorthevpodcast. And you can also leave a voicemail using the Anchor Podcast uh, app. And uh, you can rate, subscribe, all that on most uh, platforms now any sort of podcast deal and tell a friend that if they're on a different uh, app than you um, and I'm going to recommend Kilowatt as a great little resource uh, to kind of give the different perspectives he's a, a gentleman from Arizona so a little bit different climate than we have up here And uh, we will talk to you guys again on Monday. You guys have yourself a great weekend.